Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. I am back today with another episode for you. And today I'm joined with a special guest, Missy, and she was so kind to let me interview her all about her natal chart. And we're going to talk astrology and all that cool stuff. It's interview number two for this series. So this is going to be fun. I'm really excited to dive in. How are you today, Missy? Pretty good. Beautiful day. Love that. Where are you located anyway? Are you in California? No, I'm in Seattle. Seattle, Washington. We're just having a nice, lazy, almost feels like summer day. Oh, I'm jealous because it's like 50 degrees here in Massachusetts. Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) I I shouldn't have said anything. Sorry. (laughs) I'm a little jealous now, but no, I'm actually going to Florida next week. So I'm pretty excited for the sunshine. Then you're all set. Yeah. I love that. But the first question I really wanted to ask you was how did you get started with astrology? How did you become interested in it? Yeah. Oh, good question. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, Harry Potter came out. I was young. I was at the right age for that. And I don't know what, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there in the first one. And everyone was super into like, well, what's your house? And, you know, I'm a Ravenclaw, of course, but it was, it was, people were so into it. And then I think that's people, other people were less into it and they were like, no, but what's your sign? What's your astrology stuff? And I always thought that was interesting. And my, my sister and I went to lots of bookstores all the time and we were both kind of into it. She was really into more like occult, witchy, wanting to do spells and stuff. And I just, I, I thought the stars were cooler. And back then I read something, I remember reading something when I was really little thinking um, that said I was a cusp because I'm born on the last day of Scorpio. And I'm like, ooh, what does that mean? And I thought that was something that was really cool because it made, it was the first thing that explained my personality to me in, in a way that made me go, wait, how do you know that about me? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how do you know that about me? Why would you know that about me? And I ended up actually getting a, a tattoo on my wrist of a little like, Scorpio Sagittarius thing when I was 18 yeah so then you know with my with the things that I know now meaning it's cusps I don't know I I don't know how you ascribe to that but they're pretty black and white (laughs) as I learned but then getting to you know more getting to dive deeper into my chart and seeing that well there's still a very healthy dose of both of those signs in me the tattoo feels really valid you know (laughs) so you know Missy she is a sad rising And then she's a Scorpio sun and she also has her Mercury in Scorpio and Venus. And then she's an Aquarius Mars and a Cancer moon. Mm. Those are her personal planets. So interesting because the last interview that I just did, she was also a Sag rising with a Cancer moon in the seventh, eighth house, depending on Mm. classes or whole sign. So now what I'm really curious is if you both would like relate to certain things. So I'm going to ask you a question that I asked her. Sure, yeah. Have you ever had any like paranormal experiences or do you feel like you can sense energy like really well? Yeah, I mean, I would say less so on the paranormal experiences per se, because I know some people that have had what they would call that. And I've heard some of those stories and I can't say that I have anything necessarily like that. But my intuition has always been really, really sharp to the point where I've, there were three times when I was, um, before I was 18, where I almost got into a car accident and for whatever reason, just wiggled right out of it. And maybe we, you know, we could call that our motor, my motor reflexes are good in the car because they are, right? I'm a great, I'm a great driver. We could call that luck. We could call that whatever you want, but it's just, I don't know. I just, it, I felt like I need to do something here and it wasn't, I hadn't even necessarily seen like visibly what was going on. I don't know. Right. I've also read Malcolm Gladwell's blink. And I think we process things really quickly before the brain catches up. Right. So it could be a number of things, but that's, that's always been one of my favorite examples of like the intuition. I Um, love that. And I'm not surprised at all either, because you do have a lot of 12th house placements in whole sign. So I feel like you're really connected to like the unseen yeah. realms and like I don't know if this is if you believe in this or anything because of course everybody has different beliefs but like sure do you connect it all with spirit guides like are you into that kind of thing yeah I mean it's interesting right because I think 
part of my intuition, you know, I think you see it on those on Instagram posts. You say like, are you an empath or did you just grow up in a traumatic childhood mm-hmm. or in a traumatic household as a, a household as a child? Right. And both, <laughs> I uh, think is my answer. I was going to actually ask you about that because. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I think a little, a little from column A, a little from column B is that, yeah, I grew up having to sense the moods of the people around me that were closest to me because there was some explosive situation potential, but also I know other people that grew up in those kind of households and don't really, they don't read rooms like I do. They don't Mm -hmm. walk into a room and feel the energy of people. They don't, you know, I had a conversation with a coworker last week who I was like, Hey, did you, did you feel weird with that person in that conversation? And they said, no, what do you mean? And I, you know, I ended up checking on them later and sure enough, they had something going on that day. They were kind of off. Right. And I just, so I don't know if that's that I pay attention, but I I think it's both. I I think it's definitely both that I'm paying attention, maybe looking for signs of danger. Right. But also, no, I've, I've definitely always felt more in tune with people. and, And frankly, I just feel like I'm really old. Right. Like I feel like there's some people you meet some guys that dated specifically that are like, very young souls on Mm. this on this journey like they're just so full of that young something and then there's other people like me and we kind of recognize each other when we meet each other it's like no we've been around a while oh yeah yeah. you know so I feel like that's more the connection that I feel is like to the world to the universe to the whatever I don't know if I necessarily feel connected to like a specific you know deity or angel or Mm. however you want to classify it but definitely energetically connected to a lot yeah Mm, I love that and so what was actually really interesting that I see in your chart and I kind of wanted to ask you how it's played out for you you have Chiron which is you know your deepest wound Mm. exactly conjunct your descendants so (laughs) I'm wondering how like relationships have been for you because that can like signify like some deep relationship wounds yeah, I mean it's definitely been a lifelong journey. Okay, so can I can I ask um mm-hmm. when you typically see the thing you just said Chiron conjunct my descendant. That's what mm-hmm. you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, what is what is what does that typically mean to you? Yeah, so to me, so it's in the sign of Gemini. Gemini mm-hmm. rules over communication. Mm-hmm. And it being conjunct your descendant which is opposite of your ascendant and it Mm -hmm. starts basically your seventh house of relationships partnerships marriage Mm. so this to me would signify that you might have a deep wound around connecting with other people or having you know difficult relationships not being able to communicate not feeling heard in Mm. certain ways um challenges when it comes to relationships communicating, feeling heard, feeling seen. Yeah. Wow. That's see, this is, this is why, this is one of the main reasons I want to say yes to do this is I knew you were going to teach me some things like, dang, all right, great. Yeah. Very spot on. (laughs) It's, and again, I think, I think, I don't think you can talk personally. I don't think I can talk about astrology and spirituality without also connecting it to like, you know, this really long life experiential mental health journey, Mm -hmm. right? They're all kind of connected to me. I don't know how to parse those apart. But yeah, I think I definitely grew up with some people that were really hard to love. And it wasn't because, let me, let me say that differently and not because they're hard to love, but because how they receive love was not in the way that I knew how to give it. And the way Mm -hmm. that I was trying to love them was not how they needed to be loved. Right. So it was, it was a challenge. And I think I've definitely seen that play out in all, in a lot of my adult relationships, romantic platonic is me just going, why won't you let me love you? Mm -hmm. You know, and all the, and them saying in return, basically, well, why would you want to do that? I'm not lovable. So it's been, yeah, it's been a nice, (laughs) it's been a frustrating dynamic to be sure, especially as I'm turning 37 next month, but with a lot of, a lot of really great emotional and spiritual and mental health support the last few years, I've been able to, you know, kind of see that pattern for what it is and, Mm -hmm. and realize that it's not, it is my job to love unconditionally, but relationships are conditional. So Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I'm filling up my cup first and letting myself be someone that people want to love instead of just running after people who aren't looking for it. Absolutely. Um, oh, I yeah, love that. Wow. And you know, a lot of people who have this aspect, I find, even though they go through a lot of challenges with relationships, as they work on healing and doing the inner work, they can actually be such a light for those who are struggling with relationships. Like mm-hmm. you can offer so much guidance, so much wisdom, 
and so much even like healing to those around you. Do you find that you attract people who are struggling with similar things as you? (laughs) Why are you talking about my life all the time? (laughs) So yes. I mean, I think the Scorpio stellium, I've always thought the Scorpio stellium is like a case for that. I didn't realize this was another piece of evidence that supported that. But yeah, and my watery cancer moon, right? Yeah, I think I've been through a lot and I have come out and have, you know, really always been really authentic. I definitely went through, like, everyone sees Scorpio and they think, oh, really secretive and manipulative, right? But I think that's that's just, everyone has that potential. And I think in my 20s, I definitely used some of those more sinister traits to keep people at a distance mm-hmm. while still maintaining this air of authenticity, right? But once I started really liking myself and loving myself and pouring that love in, everyone else was like, shit, how do you do that? How do I do that? How are you doing that, right? Like physician heal thyself, right? So I think as one of my good friends said the other day, she said, real real recognizes real. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just people struggling tend to, I can't tell you how many first dates I've had in the last few years of dating, meeting people <laughs> from the internet. People end up telling me so many things and I've heard more than a dozen times. I don't know why I'm telling you this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I do. I they do. feel comfortable <laughs> opening up to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they know it's like... You know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'd like to think that I'm able to create a safe enough space because I'm yeah. so comfortable with being vulnerable myself. And mm-hmm. I don't feel ashamed of a lot of bad or traumatic things that I've been through because I've done the work. Right. So mm-hmm. I do think people that people that want to do the work and people that don't want to do the work see that and have different responses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, with your moon in cancer in the eighth house, that is a sign right there that you are willing to get deep. Like you're okay with getting deep. And maybe it hasn't always been like that because there are hard aspects to your moon. So it probably hasn't always been like that, but it's definitely something that you're more open to than like if somebody were to have like their moon in the 12th house, they'd probably be a lot more secretive and keep their emotions quiet and Mm. hidden. Yeah. That's interesting to think about. That's, I mean, that's definitely like a criteria. I've, I've changed a lot of my social and community connections in the last couple of years, um, really intentionally around just that idea is I don't, it's not that people who only exist at a superficial level are bad or that I'm, you know, you're not deep enough. No, it's just, we were all different. And those are the relationships that I'm looking for at this point in my life is people that do go deeply about things. And that's again, platonic or more than is just, if you're not, you're not going to laugh at the absurdity of existence with me because we've just had a hard conversation. We're probably not going to spend that much time together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's where I spend a lot of my time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think that's that's great because something that I've recently struggled with is realizing that like sometimes you're going to have friends in your life and eventually, you know, you might just drift apart from them. And as yeah. I'm getting older, like I'm going to be 30 this year and I'm just kind of so I'm kind of reflecting on just my 20s and yeah. how many of my friendships maybe don't align with what I'm like looking for, what I need moving forward in my life and being OK with that. That's such a great way to put it. What I need, you know, and I think that goes back to like the childhood thing and even the relationships thing is, is I always put my needs were never important. Mm -hmm. Right. I learned really early on that I have to take care of you and your needs and that's how I get love. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I'm going to get it. Right. Well, that's just not correct. (laughs) So as it turns out, my needs are important. And, you know, again, lots big shout out to the my current and former therapist for helping me with this part (laughs) but like if I can't even first I had to articulate what my needs were first I had to be able to just tune into my body and and tune into myself and say hey your needs aren't a bad thing what are they and that took a while right and then the last couple years just starting to ask people for them you know Mm -hmm. like I ask people for hugs now all the time oh yeah or you know, one of my friends said, hey, when you're in that mood, can you call me and we can talk about it? And I called her. And again, it's allowing people to show up for you and giving more time to the people who want to do that. Yeah, so exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So something else I want to ask about is so sometimes I see a pattern with people who have Saturn in the 12th house or the sun in the 12th house. So in Placidus, you have Saturn and the sun in your 12th house and in whole sign (laughs) you only have the sun in your 12th house 
not Saturn. And that represents the father figure. When you were growing Mm. up, was your father figure like absent or did you feel emotionally disconnected from your father? Yeah, he worked all the time. Mm -hmm. He was he was really good at his job, but he was working yeah, hundred, hundred some hour weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he had a big job. He made a lot of money and he was really successful and he was really good. And it just, you know, he was a, a good guy to depend on, but, um, you know, my mom was very emotionally dysregulated. My older sister's bipolar. And that was just a lot, two really big personalities that took up all the oxygen in the room. So even when he was home, he didn't take up as much space as the the other two. So I wouldn't call him absent though. I definitely have a lot of good memories of of him being present. He he and I always connected actually a little more than my mom and sister connected and he and I connected and, oh, I love and that thing. Yeah. yeah. Well that's just kind of how it shook out. And he and I are a lot more intellectually inclined. Um not that my mom and sister aren't smart. They just don't they're not nerds about they're not nerds. My dad and I are nerds. <laughs> and he he really supported a lot of that part of me from a young age. But yeah, I think during some of the more challenging times it would have been nice to have had a more stable I've got you mm, kind of yeah. than, than I think I felt I received at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's always hard when you have a parent who works a lot and has to, I, I can't like be present in the home as much as you would like them to be. I experienced that, but with my mom. So it's right. Like- you know yeah and that's I think everyone has one of those you know everyone's got their own story and I I knew a lot of kids that like really did have absent fathers like totally out of the picture or in jail so I you know in a lot of ways do consider myself lucky that like when he was present he was present being grateful (laughs) for the time that you did have with him and not holding anything against him um, and things like that so do you know anything about the north node Oh, I mean, I know I'm in my nodal return. You I are. My second nodal return, and it has been literally like to the day wild. Wow. <laughs> Explain. Let's hear about it. <sighs> I mean, you know, my it, I, I would love to hear your like, tell it to me like I'm five version, <laughs> just to make sure that I can respond to, yeah, to what absolutely. it is that you've got. Okay, so... In Placidus, you have your North Node in Aries in the fourth house of home and family. So looking at a chart like this, I also have my North Node in the fourth house, but in whole signs, mm. I find that a lot of people who have their North Node in the fourth house often have either family trauma in some way, mm. have had issues growing up, have had issues finding stability at home or even like planting roots, things like that. Also a lot of emotional turmoil because mm. that's a lesson that they're learning, like that we're meant to learn in this lifetime is one not depending depending on other people to i guess show us that external validation give like let us know that we're worthy that we're valuable we're mm. meant to find that ourselves look within and find the validation within rather than externally and in a past life because your self node is in the 10th house of career and public recognition it's very possible that in a past life you were really career driven career focused and you might have even been focused on, you might have even had like the spotlight on you at sometimes being a public figure, so to speak. So in this <laughs> lifetime, you may find that it's hard to find balance between work and home and family life, or you may feel inclined to, sometimes this will happen where like we feel more inclined towards our self node because it's what our souls feel comfortable with. So we might distract ourselves by working or distract ourselves by trying to like, not have to worry about home and family life, whatever it may be. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I promise I'll tell you why I'm laughing. I'm like, I, I can't tell if she's resonating with this or if it's- No, it's, it, it, yeah. I, mean, okay, I don't want to like stop you though, if you had more to say. Yeah, no, I mean, and I guess the only other thing I was going to say is that I find that people who have this North Node in the fourth house are actually really connected to their ancestral line and their ancestors and that they are actually meant to in some way break some sort of like ancestral 
trauma. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be surprising. That, oh, 100%. 100% of that resonates. I, I I, will admit I wasn't connecting the, I, I hadn't really been looking at the nodal return through the lens of the houses. I was more looking at the, the signs themselves, the Aries specifically. I also had not, so like this is new information, but it still very much resonates, especially where I started laughing is when you said, you know, the the South Node may be more comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I laugh because anytime I go into a bar or a restaurant, anytime I'm standing anywhere, everyone always comes, like, I can't tell you how many times people have said, oh, are you the manager? Or <laughs> how many times people have asked, were you in the military? Yeah. And that could not be farther. I am like, cannot, I could not deal with the military. Like, no, yeah, yeah, I feel that. that the, the authority, let alone the politics. Anyway, but it's just the way I carry myself. You know, I carry myself like I'm in charge. Yeah, and, an authority figure. Tends yeah. Energy. And when I'm in a room or at a meeting or whatever, I tend, and I, I don't know if this is something, someone pointed this out to me a few years ago, and I still do it now, but I don't. I don't know if I'm doing it because they pointed out to me or because that's just how I am. I kind of always end up sitting at the head of a table. Oh. And if I'm talking, everyone else kind of quiets. And it's like, I hate saying this because it sounds like I have an ego, but it's, it's, it's off. I don't reality. like, I don't like it though, is I don't love the spotlight on me. I am not a big fan of that. I, I want to sit in the back and mm -hmm. like, I like being in charge of people. I know that, but I would rather the, you know, people that work for me and put them on the stage, let them shine and let me just, you know, guide them and give them direction or whatever. I'm not a huge. That makes sense. Spotlight. With all of your 12 house placements, like I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I like, I like being popular. I like being well liked. Sure. But I don't that, that spotlight thing. Um, But it's, it's just so funny that like, that does feel always like my default role. Oh in, yeah. A social or work or any any situation where there's more than two people Definitely. how I'm always in charge <laughs> isn't that funny but it's okay. interesting because your north node is in Aries so right. I mean that's all about like independence taking charge yeah. taking action learning how to embrace that role learning how to embrace yeah. your individuality as well especially within your home and family well, and that's what I mean. How complicated is that to have oh, yeah. Aries in the fourth, right? Because it's like the, all of that assertion and independence. And it's, again, it's it's so funny to me that you said that. And then the other piece about the ancestors. And I feel like the Aries, I, I've thought about it with that, right? I didn't, <laughs> didn't think about it with the fourth, fourth house part, but just the Aries lining up with it, it does feel, again, I hate that this sounds like I'm so, like, I'm so full of myself. It feels more of a burden than a blessing. It's like, it, it does feel like the work that I'm doing is undoing a lot of, just a lot of weight that's been passed down, a lot of heaviness that has been passed down. And I know that about my own family, like my parents and their parents and, and their parents. I know as far as a few generations back, the kinds and types of burdens and emotional weight that has been passed down that you know I gotta I gotta give it to both of my parents they really did do a tremendous job with good portions of stuff mm -hmm. um but just some shame and some guilt and some just really heavy burdens and it's just like it always feels every time like I unburden myself it feels so much bigger it feels oh. so much more connected to just my little life and I always end up seeing little ripples of it in some way shape or form yeah and I, and I and I feel like that's part of the reason maybe that you know a lot of people are drawn to me and end up unburdening themselves on me yeah. is because maybe I'm just this receptacle for it mm -hmm. <laughs> and eventually yeah. it takes if I'm an, if I'm not in a good mood or if I don't have the space for it or whatever that's one thing but most of the time it doesn't even it doesn't cost me anything yeah. to to listen to someone else's burden, right? It just feels like right place, right time every time. Mm, that's so magical. So, yeah, but I don't, it's interesting to think about like, the, you know, that North Node in Aries being so individual and ambitious and perseverant and then also in the fourth house because I do feel like that's, that's the one thing that really kind of has eluded me is a family in the sense that I have always envisioned it to be. And I've kind of put, I've built these different pieces of my community, but in terms of, you know, I'll, 
told my therapist and my best friend, the one thing I've always wanted is a husband. And that's mm. not been something that's, that has been a hard journey. That has been oh. a hard journey. It's been hard to just say it out loud, right? Even oh, just yeah. to say, it, cause it sounds so whatever, however it sounds like, oh, you don't want a big fancy career. No, I want a husband and a house and to foster dogs for the rest of my life. And that sounds that. like no. a life so fulfilling. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we'll go on trips, amazing. I'll have some job, do whatever. But like, I don't need to save the world. I really don't. I, I save enough people in my day-to-day you know and and that makes a lot of sense why you're drawn to that because of that north node fourth house energy but then there's also why it's challenging is because of that chiron conjunct your descendant but it doesn't you know what i always say about challenging placements it doesn't end there like you can overcome the challenges and you can it's like all about learning through the challenges yeah well and i i i for one especially because i'm like the go-to astrology person for most of my friends I, they're always like well I hope my chart doesn't look bad I'm like that doesn't that's not a thing you don't no. get it that's not <laughs> there's no bad anything there's just some extra insight right like knowing that that's right like just now I know that's the fourth house that makes a lot of sense of like why that is something I strive for is it some yeah. huge revelation no but it's it's nice to know that it's going to be just a lifelong journey and that's okay Yeah, exactly. And to take your North Node one step further, if we're looking at whole sign, your North Node actually moves to your fifth house. And your fifth house is all about like your inner child and learning Mm -hmm. how to tap into your creativity, creatively express yourself, allow yourself to be in the spotlight, which is why you struggle with it, because it's something your soul is wanting to learn more of is how to embrace the spotlight a little bit and be okay with expressing yourself Mm. especially creatively if you are drawn to that and also it can talk about romance Mm -hmm. so it brings up a lot of lessons when it comes to dating in your romantic Mm -hmm. life and learning how to be an individual within your romantic life because of that Aries energy not getting lost within your connections not losing yourself in your connections I mean that's definitely that's definitely the story of most of my dating life up to the last few years, I would say. And I think that's why the last few few years have been harder is because, mm-hmm. again, with the mental health and everything of like, I deserve better. I deserve someone who, you know, I need to be I need to be looking for people that are going to give me that, too. Right. They need yeah. to have their own life, their own independence, their own this and that. And that <laughs> my last therapist said, you date people to outgrow them. Mm. and that has never been like I as soon as she said it I went oh god wow (laughs) how dare you be that accurate right Right, but it's true it's 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 been this it's hard for me sometimes to look on the inside of and see my own needs and my own wants and what am I trying to express but then I see it in someone else Mm -hmm. and it's so much easier to like digest when you're seeing it outside of yourself right so I, I fall in love with these people that have these qualities that I'm trying to either love or change about myself mm-hmm. and then I use them and I grow through that and then they resent me because I'm no longer the same person when we got together and then I'm like well I changed this and you're not changing and so we end yeah it's this nice little cycle of it's so funny that you say that because your Chiron is opposite Uranus in the first house so you pretty much people think that you change a lot I do (laughs) very much can come off as somebody who like either it's unexpected changes or it's like you love to change up your personality, your style, whatever it may be. It could be all the above, but in relationships specifically because Chiron is conjunct your descendant and it's opposite Uranus in your first house in your relationships, people like you were saying might be thrown off by how you change, but at the same time, it's like working through it to find a healthy balance where realizing like it's okay to change as a person. Yeah. Well, finding stability as well. It's funny because I've, I've, I think about that a lot. It's like, man, I feel like I go through changes all the time. And yet I went to the wedding of uh, a woman I was roommates with when we were, gosh, like 21, 22 years old. So like 10, 15, oh God, 15 years ago, um, I went to her wedding last summer and the person I was when she and I knew each other in my early twenties, man, that was, I don't think of that version of me very positively, right? I know 
years of therapy. I know she was doing the best she could with what she had, right? But she was very angry, very isolated, very, you know, not in a great place. And this woman, I go to her wedding last year and we had the best time and she's, it's so great to see her. And it's, you know, one of those friends that like, doesn't matter how much time has passed. We'll just pick right back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the wedding, I stayed with her and her family for a few days. And one day we were sitting there in her kitchen one night with her mom drinking wine and putting on music. And I said, hey, I've got to ask you a question. What is it that, you know, I didn't really like me, the, the version of me that you knew and got to know. What is it that, like, do you think I've changed since then? Now, here we are 10, 15 years later. And she goes, oh, yeah, you've definitely changed a lot. But in a lot of ways, you're still the same. And mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean? What, what is possibly still the same? I think I've done a total 180, right? <laughs> I've changed so much, right? And she goes, well, I know if I ever want to, if I ever want to get a real opinion about something, anything, whether it's, do I look good in this dress or should I marry this man? I'll call you, tell you about the situation and you're going to give it to me straight no matter what. I don't know many people that I can rely on for that ever. Mm-hmm. Also, you never stop dancing. You never stop humming around. You never stop seeing the positive in things. You never don't, you've always found the silver lining. We're always laughing and having fun, right? So I think it's great to see that like, you know, and I, I hear this a lot about Scorpios is like, yeah, constant transformation, constantly change. You never know what you're going to expect. Well, yeah, but there are definitely some core qualities that aren't going to change. It's just that I'm so open to the idea of changing, of being wrong about stuff, of finding yeah. a better way of doing things. I think that that's a beautiful quality. Yeah. And the people that love me the most love that about me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's not, there's not as many of them because it definitely rose many people the wrong way <laughs> but uh yeah the people the people that care about me a lot that's one of their favorite things about me so I love that no I really do love that and I love that you were able to reconnect with someone and ask them you know have I changed and even though they say yeah but they that th- she also brought up but you've also stayed the same in so many beautiful ways right exactly I think we all need to have that conversation every now and again <laughs> absolutely absolutely So yeah, tell me about your, now that you know a little bit about your North Node, tell me a little bit about your turn. Ooh, it's funny because, you know, you see all the, all the posts on Instagram and stuff, and then you realize, oh crap, that's me. And that's that's what Nodal Return means. And I'm, I'm seeing all these people posting all these different things about it. And obviously, you know, you take what resonates and leave what doesn't, but there was nothing about anything that anyone was posting that was not resonating. And it was like to the day. I I mean, Cancer Moon, right? So I literally feel, I, I feel moon, like the two to three day moon shifting signs. I feel different every one of, every time. I'm used to the mood fluctuations based on wherever the moon is. I get it. But this just, I don't know. I think it's one of those both and things of, of, you know, really working a lot in therapy on, on, on healing a lot of healing, a lot of inner wounds this year that, that are finally safe, that finally feel safe enough to come up and and say, Hey, I need some healing. So that's been amazing. And then all these epiphanies just kind of lined up with all of these things. Like that nodal return, I sat, I can, I will remember for the rest of my life, the freaking sitting on my porch and like watching the sun come up that day and just having a little, let's just hash this out. You, you and me universe, let's just hash this out right now. Um, because I got to get my shit together, don't I? (laughs) But it was a different kind of energy, right? Like it feels like for the first time, I'm really okay and comfortable to walk through this life being myself without any fear of doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, or pissing off the wrong people, because I know I'm obviously not perfect, but I know that I trust myself enough to say, whatever it is, if it rubbed you the wrong way, you got to tell me and let me apologize and and fix it or whatever, right? Because I trust for the first time that, that I'm going to be in community with people that are going to tell me and that I'm going to be in community with people that are going to give me the benefit of doubt because I'm moving authentically through the world and anything less than that is going to pass me by. Yeah, it's it's been a it's a, a big shift, and then the eclipse season. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah, that that too. I mean, it's... I my my merc- natal Mercury's in retrograde, so I'm always a lot calmer when that's happening too. Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of these things that I see all these accounts saying, like, oh, big changes are coming, and these big things are happening for these signs because of these placements, and this nodal return is going to switch everything up for a year and a half, and you're all going to feel crazy. And I'm just like, oh my god, things are finally just getting real good. <laughs> 
<laughs> crazy let's not let's not go there right I mean I've had my yeah I mean it's almost like the pandemic right it's like shuts everything down and all of a sudden regular people that don't feel anxiety that much have this anxiety oh, now and it's all these right. things and it's like welcome to my regular life to, yeah welcome to that <laughs> yeah so wow. I do feel bad that, you know, most, I think most other signs are probably scrambling a little bit with a, with a node shift this hard, but it just instantly felt like I was like I coming know, in just, alignment, right? Because yeah, when you have a that's the return, word. you have a nodal that's return. It's really like you're coming into alignment. Yeah. I love that. Definitely the right way to put it. Like everything's in its right place. Finally. Yeah. So we'll Beautiful. see how the next one goes. I don't know, but I'm going to enjoy this next year and a <laughs> half. Yes, you should, as you should. So I want to ask, is there a placement in your chart that you find you resonate with the most or do you resonate with like all of it? Yeah, I mean, I think every time I look up one of my friend's charts and I, I, you know, I always have to Google things here and there, like what does this moon sign mean? And what does this moon sign with this rising sign mean? Right. So it's not, I can't claim to know what you do say from when you look at one, but there's enough information out there for me to get an idea. I think my chart and pretty much everyone I see like resonates in most ways. It's just a question of how you look at it. Right. I think the (laughs) Scorpio stellium is very apparent. (laughs) But again, it gets sort of a bad rap of like, oh, you're so secretive. You're such a manipulator. Mm, Those know. misconceptions, I feel like that people have of every zodiac sign. It's like, right. everybody always looks at the negative side. But, and also I feel like there's this misconception because a lot of people don't realize that there's more to a chart than just the sun sign. Mm. So they assume that every Scorpio is going to be the same. Right. But that's not I mean, true. October Scorpios versus November Scorpios are very different creatures. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So because then you so. have different beacons and all that. So it's like, you know, you really got to, I think it comes from a place of just like maybe uneducated when it comes to certain things, which is totally yeah. fine because we all start in the beginning. Sure. And I used to be like that. Like I used to be like, yeah. oh, I'm just a Sag with my Sag and sun sign, whatever. But then when I realized I'm actually so much more Sag than I right. thought, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because like, you know, again, I thought I was a, a Scorpio Sag cusp for so long. And then I come and find out, well, you have a stellar, your inner planets are all in Scorpio pretty much. And the, except Mars. Um, and then the Sag rising. And I think a couple of my outer planets are in there too. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm the duality of those two have all I like even from when I was a kid because again I thought the cusp thing was so accurate and it turns out it that information that blend of those two is particularly accurate you know um because it is it I've always felt like it's a bit of a a debate I used to say war I don't say that anymore a, a debate though between my heart and my mind it's taken me a long time to learn but I finally really embraced that it's it's both but feelings come first Absolutely. like that sun the mercury and the venus all being in scorpio is no feelings and intuition and gut first every single time mm-hmm. and then thoughts come later and what's what's fun about that to me is I really am like a pretty fierce academic. I I think of myself as a pretty intelligent person and every, a lot of people in my family, very smart people, just how quickly they problem solve and put things together. And, and I'm very academically inclined, but it means that it takes me a little longer than I think other people because mm-hmm. I have to deal with that feeling first. I have to mm-hmm. take that intuition, that, that blink instinct and say, wait a minute, hang on. I feel this way. Let me parse that out first. And then I can start thinking about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know what that must be like as I always wonder, like, how does my boss feel about this? Right? <laughs> like People that need things from me, how do they feel about it? It's like, well, you got to give her a couple of days to process however she's going to feel about it. And then she can start working. Right. Oh, like, yeah. And then once I'm into that mode, I'm going to I'm going to crush it and I'm going to do such a great job with the the thought and the exuberance and the 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 travel and the spontaneous and fly by the seat, all such things and like positive optimism. Right. But there's probably going to be some feelings first. And I got to I got to parse through those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Actually, speaking of your career, so you have your MC. It's mm-hmm. in the sign of Libra. But what I found really interesting is that it's square Neptune. So did you find that you struggled to find direction in career for a while? 
<laughs> Only my whole life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to say, with that Neptune square MC, I was like, oh, she might have struggled a little bit to find direction in her career. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, challenging childhood led to challenging early adulthood. I moved abroad in my 20s and was teaching. And I don't know, I just never really thought very much about it because I was... I had too many feelings. I was living in survival mode for such a long time. Yeah. Um, that career was just not really on my radar. And then I dated a guy who's the smartest, probably the smartest guy anyone's ever going to meet. He's probably solving cold fusion right now. <laughs> no <laughs> wow. joke. That's not hyperbolic. Like yeah. the man was crazy smart. And he, you know, I was always good at school and it was always fun. Right. But he just kind of reignited this passion of this, like, you know what? It, it would be fun to go to college. It would be fun to be smart. And then, you know, I got to college. I was, I started college late. I was 27. And um, all of a sudden it felt like it was success for the first time in my life. I felt like I was finally successful at something in my life. And it was, I'm good at school. And I ran my college newspaper for a few years. And all of a sudden it means you can't do that. You can't run even a college newspaper without having incredible leadership skills and trust from from the people that work for you and that work with you and a good sense of humor and good ethics. You have to have such strong ethical and moral boundaries and guidelines that that feel resolute and they have to be because of journalistic integrity. And I didn't know I didn't know that about myself. I didn't know that those were qualities I had. I said, what do you mean I'm a reliable, ethical person? What? Since when? <laughs> and so even then, though, I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. And then I went and got a, I just, Trump was running for office in 2015. And I said, I got to help. What am I going to do? Education. Okay. I know education really well. I feel like it's a good fit for me. I got a master's in education policy and I will likely never work in the field of education. Wow. <laughs> um, it took a, it took a, a master's degree to show me this is not where I belong. This is not a good fit for me. And it took many months of therapy for me to not, you know, hate myself for it, but mm. just to, to realize like, it's just not a good fit. It's just not a good fit. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but the job I have now, I'm, I'm happy with, I'm successful at, and it just was, it just happened by accident. It totally, I, I just needed a different job to get me through grad school. And I found this niche little thing and I'm successful at it for reasons that I wouldn't have expected to be successful at a place, right? Am I going to stay here for the rest of my career? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But it's um, almost like you've been shocking yourself through your path of trying to find the career that it feels like it fits for you. It has definitely been every turn professionally has been surprising for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. They're just surprise after surprise and surprise is a nicer way to put it because sometimes <laughs> it's really just been like a big fat disappointment, you know, halfway mm -hmm. through a master's and you realize, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. Right. Oh. That was one of the more devastating experiences of my life. And that was just a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was a lot, sure. But now that I'm past it and like made peace with the emotions, right? Again, feelings first and was able to get to processing the more thought and logical thing, I, I can't believe kind of how lucky I am, right? Like, yeah, I have all the debt and I'm not happy about that, but it put me right where I needed to be and gave me skill sets that I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else that just happened to be applicable to a lot of different things that I do. So surprise yeah <laughs> and that's one thing i've learned in life is that everything works out the way that it's supposed to and you don't whatever that may look like <laughs> yeah and you don't see it until you're through the challenge yeah yeah it's, it's hard to see it when you're in the midst of the challenge hindsight is always so great right i know um, right chapters I it's funny I was just talking to someone the other day about like tell me your life story and he gave it sort of a cheeky response of like chapter one this right and in thinking of my own response to that it's like my last chapter really ended about a year ago and this new one's starting and I'll be honest I'm anxious <laughs> like I'm excited because again like all the other things I've said it's like I trust myself now I feel confident I've done all this work and I know as Mel Robbins likes to say I've put in the work and I know something amazing is coming for me I just it, it has to be it can't not be true because I've put in all the work yeah. But it's definitely a new chapter and and I was thinking about that the other day of like 
I can't wait to be looking back on this one because this is going to be a really good one, but I have absolutely no idea what's coming, right? In the last chapter, I knew what it was. I'm going to school. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm completing my higher education. That was the name of that chapter. And it took eight years and I did it and we're, we're good, right? But this... I don't know what this is. <laughs> that's so scary sometimes. And that yeah. it does create that like anxiety of the unknown. Cause like, I just feel like naturally as humans, we want to control the outcome. We want to know what's going to happen and well, not knowing what's going to happen can be, well, it can be exciting, but also really scary. Well, and my, my, my stellium in a fixed sign is like, seriously, yeah. <laughs> like, mm, can we, can we get some certainty? No. Well, how about I have a little meltdown right now? <laughs> so yeah, it's an easy, does it thing. It's a one day at a time thing. And it's the, that embracing the idea that like all surprises so far have been good. I've never had a bad surprise. Not really. So it's just depending on the perspective when you're in the thick of it, it doesn't feel that good. But then at the end of it, you look back and you're like, well, thank God that happened. <laughs> so and it's crazy how we can feel that way after all of it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's funny how life works to kind of end this. I wanted to ask one last question that I like to just ask everybody, which is what has been a life lesson that you've learned that might've been challenging, but you are very grateful for it. Speaking of the topic. <laughs> Oh God, all of them. Um, (laughs) So many come to mind because there's been so many that have really like resolved in the last six months, let alone the last few years. But I think the one that I am most grateful for is actually, I think the most recent, I have a number of tattoos and I recently got one Friday the 13th of a ladybug. It's so, I'm so pleased with it. I, I have never, I've never thought of myself as a lucky person. I've had many therapists and mental health and non-mental health professionals and just people say, my God, you've been through more trauma and life experience than most people ever have in their whole lifetime, all before you were 30. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't consider myself or I have not so mm-hmm. far considered myself a lucky person. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, call it manifesting, call it prayer, call it whatever you want, call it emanating the frequency that you're trying to align with, whatever floats your boat. But telling myself since Friday the 13th, so like five days now, I've been at it five days. That's I said, this is like the newest one, but telling myself for the last five days, I am such a lucky person. It feels kind of like the capstone a little bit to all this work that I've been doing over the last couple of years of like, I deserve good things. I deserve to express myself. My I deserve for my needs to be met. I am worth so much more than these like breadcrumb relationships or what have you, or these friends that don't listen to me or aren't going to, that can see that I have something wrong and aren't going to ask me about it, right? I am worth so much more. And I think that final ending capstone is I am such a lucky person. And I don't know, I feel like I've had a hard time with like, be more grateful because when you're having a hard time, you know how hard it is to like, I think my life sucks. I had a fight with so-and-so and and, oh, let me just practice some gratitude. That's been hard for me. Yeah, that That is hard. hard. It doesn't resonate because it doesn't acknowledge the validity of my feeling, right? And that's so so Exactly. So, but it's different somehow for me to say, I feel like crap today. I have a right to be mad because I know I deserve better from this person or that person or this situation. But also I am so lucky that I'm in a place where I can acknowledge that I deserve better. I'm so lucky that I'm in a place where I can take a step back from the situation or my feelings and remember that I am an expansive person. I contain multitudes. I contain this feeling and its opposite. I contain so many different things and they're all just going to pass through. And for some reason saying, I am so lucky, like taps me into that so quickly, right? Because it's like, yes, this sucks, but also it'll change. (laughs) No matter what I do, even if I do nothing, it will change, right? (laughs) And yes, I'm mad right now and I have a right to be, and I'm going to tell that person that I'm mad and they're going to hear my whatever, (laughs) or I'm going to cry about this today and I'm going to be sad for two days, but God, I'm so lucky that I have this wonderful bed in this apartment that I can curl up into Mm, that's such beautiful powerful perspective yeah it's I think that's what it's perspective right it's that shift right I've never thought of myself as a lucky person and five days into saying fuck that (laughs) I am I I am a lucky motherfucker okay wow I'm allowed to curse sorry no you can curse go for it we curse on here it's all good wow but I'm gonna have to start doing that because I definitely have been like 
slipping away from my gratitude and like wallowing in my challenges. And it's hard though, it right? Hard. When you frame it that way, you know, when you frame it of you should be grateful. Well, first of all, should is a stupid word. I don't like that <laughs> right? at all. But gratitude is hard to come by. But luck, for some reason, there's like an ineffable quality to it. So yeah. it feels more accessible. I am so lucky. Feels more easy to say and believe than I am so grateful for. And then I have to start listing stuff, right? That's Yeah, that's actually so true. I never thought of it that way, but that's actually such a powerful shift. Yeah. So, And I'm I'm telling you, I've been feeling it since the no shift. I really have. Like that just... It was like a little universal download, you know, <laughs> like a cosmic, <laughs> like yes. a cosmic, like, hey, hey, you know, we don't have to be living like this, right? Like we could, we could shift our perspective and look at the abundance instead of the lack. Are you yeah. ready? <laughs> I love that. Oh. At first, my answer was no, I am not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm crying all the time. I am like screaming. What is happening? but no I get I it now. we have to be easy on ourselves too because it's okay to have those days where you just need to cry like well, I used to shame myself for crying and it's like uh, you're allowed well, to cry. it's not just allowed but it's like you can't have the joy without the sad right, right like right? yeah and you and, and I think that's that's what I love about the Scorpio Sag opposition mm-hmm. in so many ways is like yeah let's get down and dirty but then let's also just start throwing popcorn at each other because <laughs> it's funny right like you have to have both for any of it to make sense mm-hmm. otherwise it's just who who lives on one plane only right like well again those, those younger souls yeah, <laughs> maybe no, totally <laughs> but once you've been around a while and i think that's how we know well that's how we recognize the others that have been around is like oh you contain multitudes don't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool me too, me too. Oh, you want to cry later yeah okay yeah. that's so funny i love that i love that wow so this has been so much fun i'm so glad oh. we got to connect this was so yeah. great I love all the all the stuff you gave me i wrote i took a bunch of notes the whole chiron conjunct my descendant that was a nice Oh, nice yeah. Tidbit to learn. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I like to ask everybody, it's okay if you don't, but do you have anything you want to promote? You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to take a moment and be really cheesy and just say the best, the best thing that I have been telling myself lately that I would like to promote in the minds of others. If you're having a hard time with someone else, it's a hundred percent likely that it's not about you. Ooh. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to promote because that's what I'm trying to remember. Yes. Especially for those of us that pick up on feels and vibes and everything. Like, mm, there's a really good chance it's not about you. I love that. That is That's perfect. What a, way, what a great way to end this. Thank you again <laughs> so, so much. Yeah. Hey, thank you.